So today's message is the Holy Spirit and the church. And um, this is the description of Paul's third missionary journey. And so after uh, going through Phrygia, he first comes to Ephesus. And Ephesus was not the first place he visited. But this is where he officially began his ministry in this missionary trip. And so uh, Acts 19 is regarding this ministry in Ephesus. And as you're well aware, this church is built upon the principles of the Ephesus. Because the most powerful church that ever existed on the face of the earth. This is the Ephesian church. And even in these end times, this Ephesian church is our model as we are established. And so from the perspective of ecclesiology, Ephesians is really important. And remember, when we think of the church as equaling the kingdom of heaven, remember the focus of the Bible is on the kingdom of heaven. And so what is the church? It is where his kingdom is executed on earth. And so in Acts, we see this word, the kingdom of God. And after Acts, it doesn't use this word kingdom of God very often. Does it or not? I'm not entirely sure. But to my knowledge, it doesn't come out anymore. The reason, because the weight, the power is, t- tends to move towards the Gentiles. And so this kingdom of God is a Jewish expression. And the way they explained this Jewish concept to the Gentiles was the word ecclesia. And so the church equals kingdom of God. And so of course you can imagine the kingdom of heaven as this physical place that's going to come upon us. But more important than that place is the concept of its reign. That the church is under God's reign. And through the church, God reigns over all creation. And so we must have firm faith in this belief. This is the reason why the devil is trying to kill the church. Because the church reigns over creation. And so if we get influenced by the world, we lose out on this authority. And so for the past 25 years, I've been pestering your ears to separate yourselves from the world. And there's many reasons for this. But because your principal authority, the authority to rule over creation, it comes out of your separation from the world. And the reason why this church these days cannot see this nor imagine it is because they have been so influenced by the world. And this is where we should not be deceived. 
do not think that we are losing to the world because lack of knowledge of the world. No, there is no value to knowing the world. Because all we have to do is know God deeper. And if we live by God, then we can reign over the world. And this is where many young adults are particularly deceived. And so in their thoughts, this is what they think. That I'm sure God will take care of my spirit. But my life on earth, I got to do something about it. This is how they think. Because they cannot believe that God reigns over this world. And I've been living with God for 33 years. And there was never once where I had to learn something else apart from God in my pastoral ministry. I've never had any weakness because I did not know um, um, economics. And yet, and yet I can advise economic professors and help them to realize things. And it's not because I do not know business that I cannot t- advise businessmen. For the most part, I advise them to work. And when you live by God, this becomes part of your power. And it doesn't just apply to me, but to everyone who is seated here today. And the focus that this Ephesian church had is this concept that the church is the kingdom of God. And in these end times, again, this glorious church will reappear. And as we come upon this new season, this new season will uh, will reveal these things officially. Now, of course, everything that God has manifested through our church up to now was not weak things. Whether it's with the word or regarding to miracles and signs or power, whatever it may be, there was no limitation. Even finances, no limitation. Right? Last week in Wednesday, uh, okay, Harin got shingles and, and it usually takes two, three days to heal. But immediately she was healed. So how much does that treatment cost? Okay, because I got to get money, right? Okay, so let's move on. And so through Yorbang Church, these amazing works have been continually happening. And really, ever since this church was established, the kingdom of heaven has been moving through this church. Even just the signs and wonders, you could write an encyclopedia. Everything that God has done through this church, you could record it in an encyclopedia. But now what is to manifest does not compare, everything that has happened does not compare to what will happen. Because the glorious remnant church will arise. This is the season let us to, we are to yearn for and to expect. There's nothing for us to do. Just simply face towards God. 
and receive the proclaimed message in faith. Amen? And I have great expectations. How about you? Do you have great expectations? And maybe you're feeling for this new season maybe weaker than me. Because I'm someone who's leading from the very front. And so regarding this, I'm very sensitive. And as we do these conferences, there are things that happen that you cannot compare to the things in the past. Even though it's the same work of healing, it's a different way. Even though it's the same uh, act, God works in a different way. For example, when I had to cast out demons before, let's say that I had to spend 20% of my strength. But now my strength is 0%. Zero. He does everything. He just moves and moves and moves. Amen. And so after the conference in Israel, this new season will come upon us. So let's have great expectations. In every perspective. In your businesses. That God is going to lead in explosive new ways. And uh, Deacon Huang, who is very excellent in calculations. He calculated how much... Uh, profit this company needs to make so that the entire church cannot work. Oh, he has great understanding. Then maybe by next year? Oh, the people who have good, who are bright, they, they do all kinds of things. <laughs> and so we got five professors who are very bright. I don't know what they're doing behind me. The only one I can trust is Pastor Yoon. Because he's the same as me, not a professor. Okay, if we continue like this, it's going to take a long time. And so first let's look at verses 1 through 8, the church that moves in the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it's better to say the church that began through the Holy Spirit. And so when a church is established, there are many churches that manifest the work of the Holy Spirit immediately, but there's also many that cannot. And how can you tell? Okay, when I first established our church in the building next door, the moment the person walked through those doors, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. that the moment I lay my hands upon them, they would explode in tongue prayer and in prophecy. And even now, this is, we can see this. It's evident. But 25 years ago, when I first established, the moment I laid my hands on them, they would blow up in tongues. And when we're in Good Morning Plaza, the moment they walked into the elevator, they would start praying in tongues. Right? This has all happened at the beginning of our church. Why is it not happening now? Because it's not necessary anymore. Because every one of you has the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But fundamentally, when it comes to the church, it must begin through the Holy Spirit. That the moment you enter the church, you begin in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
that when you enter the church, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit. If not, then you cannot begin your Christian life. Because what does it mean to be a Christian? You do not live by your thoughts, by your strength. And that is the church that is described in Ephesus. And so let's look at verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, and Apollos, we see him in chapter 18. He was a native of Alexandria, and Alexandria at the time was the center of all intellectual thought. Alexandria was the center of of Hellenic thinking and philosophy. And so in our church, it would be our professors. Right? Their reason and rationality was so sharp, on point. And it says here in verse 24, he was an eloquent man competent in the scriptures. And so competent in the scriptures is talking about the Old Testament. And so he only knew the uh, the baptism of John. But in 26, we see that who was he taught by? He was taught by Priscilla and Aquila. And Priscilla and Aquila were business people in Rome. And so that means they are not very smart people. But after uh, Roman Emperor Claudius, they get kicked out of the city of Rome. And when they come to Corinth, and who do they meet? They meet Paul. And through Paul, as they make tents, they proclaim the gospel. And so, uh, formally speaking, these Priscilla and Aquila are, are Paul's disciples. But this Apollos, who was eloquent and had great wisdom, becomes Priscilla and Aquila's disciple. But he came to Corinth. Corinth. And so Apollos was originally at Ephesus and then came to Corinth. And so that means that Paul did not establish the church in Ephesus. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Apollos did. I'm pretty sure that there were others who were preaching the gospel. Uh, Because Ephesus was one of the largest and most important cities at the time. There were many Jews and many Jews who have heard the gospel. And so maybe they did not have the structures, the formal structure of the church, but there were many believers. And here as Apollos was teaching, he came to Corinth. And during the third missionary trip of Paul, he meet, he, they come together in Ephesus. And so look at how important the movement of the apostles is for an era. There are many evidence if that man is an apostle or not. If he is an apostle, everywhere he goes, a church is established. And so you remember the house that I spent during my sabbatical in Jeju Island? Do you know what's there today? There is a prayer temple, a prayer mountain. Why is the prayer hall built there? 
And so there are many evidence of, of a man's apostleship. But wherever he goes, there's a church established. Wherever I go, churches were established. Do you know what's going on in Uganda? In Uganda, uh, okay, and so, so uh, you get executed if you get, um, if you get uh, AIDS through homosexual acts in Uganda. And America is trying to uh, bring sanctions against Uganda. And so it appears as if I'm going to go to Uganda in October. Because this is a country that has become holy through me. And so I want to go to comfort them. And so on the first week of June, Pastor Mike will be going to Uganda. And though we cannot guarantee it, I believe the first or second week of October we'll have a conference in, in Africa. And then at the end of October in China. And the first week of December in Sabah, Malaysia. And so please continue to pray. And wherever you are led, go to uh, partake in those conferences. China, I don't think I'll be able to take too many, maybe six. But anyways. And so these apostles go, and because they go, these churches are established. In verse 2. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That means that the Holy Spirit and belief is not separate. That if you believe, the Holy Spirit enters. This is normal. And this is showing the corruption of the present day church. It cannot be separate. They are co- one in one. If you believe, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the only image painted by the Bible regarding faith. And so there's so many things deceiving the church these days. And so this is why I always say, you need to meet with Christ on the way to Damascus. And this is not my words, Pastor Kim. The moment you believe, it's the principle that you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so look. And what did they say? What does Paul say? He's asked them, into what then were you baptized? And they say the John's baptism. Right? This is how Apollos taught them then. And Paul says, uh, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who is to come after him, that is Jesus. And so the baptism of John is a baptism of repentance. And what is the focus of this? It's not to receive that baptism, but it is to uh, prepare for the one who will truly baptize you, the one who comes after me. The one who will baptize you in fire and Holy Spirit. Right? This is clear. So the baptism of John was simply in preparation for the baptism that's coming after. And so with the baptism of John, nothing will get done. And so in verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And baptism is speaking of that first and only event when you are, are baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit. And as in Luke, it describes the four different fullnesses of the full Holy Spirit. As you continue to live your Christian life, you are maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But the very first time you experience that fullness, that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so there are many people here who have received this amazing baptism, right? Yeah, past, your pastor as well. 33 years ago was completely filled with the Holy Spirit and was completely turned upside down where my life turned 180. And so there's nothing that can describe me of my past life. I have become a completely different person. And just as I said on Friday as I officiated, that water changed to wine. My entire being has been revolutionized. That is the principle of the baptism of the Holy Spirit spoken of by the Holy Bible. You must be completely revolutionized. Amen? For example, our, our, our children in Ensip, they may have difficulty. Why? Because ever since they were born, they were growing in these circumstances. And so we cannot see anything that is transformed upside down. It's okay. You have already been turned upside down. Why? Because either way, you guys cannot go out into the world. <laughs> Now, of course, there's some of you who have absorbed that worldliness while you're here. But in answer, all you have to do is have more deep fellowship with Lord. And so when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have been revolutionized. And so as Paul was baptizing them, he laid his hands on them. And the moment he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And this is something that happens in our church every day. I lay my hands and you prophesy and you pray in tongues. That spiritual gifts is proof of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, you may be able to use those gifts in presence of the Holy Spirit. But that does not speak of you being revolutionized. And what we're seeing here, people being revolutionized and then making use of gifts. And so it says here tongues in the, in the plural. As it says in 1 Corinthians 12, tongue, multiple tongues. Right? Tongues of many kinds. Up until AD 60, the early church was speaking in multiple languages. And so I think that's what this is talking about here. But the important thing is, is that the moment Paul laid hands, immediately they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the church in Ephesus begins with the Holy Spirit. That the church cannot be separated from the work of the Holy Spirit. And so when you look at the book of Ephesians, and so through the Ephesians church, Paul describes the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you look at Ephesians 1.13, okay, Ephesians 1.13, 
in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. And so this is speaking of the eighth blessing to the Ephesian church. That they have chosen the word of God as truth. And how did they hear that truth? In faith. And the moment they believed, they were, promi- they were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And so again here we see that belief and the Holy Spirit is not separate. The moment you believe, the Holy Spirit comes and seals you. He confirms your salvation. He confirms your sonship of God. And so in that perspective, it's saying He seals you. And so there's many reasons why you need to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But within you, He's continually guaranteeing your your salvation. And so I say that when we live in faith, we live full of confidence. And this confidence doesn't come out of myself. No, the Holy Spirit continually assures within me. And so I have confidence. I'm full of confidence. Because He continually seals me. And so whatever promise I'm holding on to and proclaiming, whatever promise I'm praying to God with, whatever circumstances may come and as I face it with these promises, the Holy Spirit continually seals it within me. And so I'm not shaken. I have confidence. And so even though you have faith, the reason why, there are many reasons why you are shaken. It's because you are not receiving that confirmation of the Holy Spirit's guarantee. Why do you fail to receive that guarantee? Because you lose the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because you do not live by the Holy Spirit. Because you keep trying to hold on to the promises of God with your mind. It's the fullness of the Holy Spirit who guarantees that within you. And so we hear and we are believe, right? We, through the hearing, we believe. And, and the moment we believe, He seals it within us. And so it doesn't just end here in verse 13. But, but as it says in verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. And so of our inheritance, right? This word gar, we are heirs. And so I'm not just simply being saved. He leads me to be his heirs. This is what the Holy Spirit guarantees in you. And so if you do not maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, this flow gets stopped. It gets obstacles. In this new season, the season has come to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit very easily. It's not because of my will. Because God is opening this season to the remnant. And so look at the book of Acts, how much they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Even in the moment of their martyrdom, no matter what suffering may come, whether they, whether they have to heal or whether they have to meet a certain demon, they always break through. Why? Why? Because they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And so, and so it is a flat out lie to say that I'm growing to glorification without maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you have seen me for the past 25 years. And of course there are times where I have fallen short. But for the most part, I have maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Even as I'm sleeping, people ask me to minister and they get healed, right? And so some of you guys call me two in the morning saying that, oh, this person's sick. And I minister and they get healed, right? Why? Because I'm continually maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Even when, when on the time of martyrdom, whether demons may rebel against me, no matter what kind of ministry may come before me, no matter the circumstances, no matter the suffering, the saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit will not be shaken. And so now is the time for all of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's very easy for you to be filled. Even in your business, even in your business, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then when you speak, authority is proclaimed. That if they say 100,000, then don't make it a million. So our first goal is 1 billion, which is so that to feed U.S. dollars. Mateo. <laughs> and so there's a church that begins in the Holy Spirit and it's a church that that Holy Spirit confirms everything and so think about it logically is there anything greater than the Holy Spirit within you is there anything more wise is there anything more powerful and so why leave this to the side and try to do something else? And going beyond that, why does he dwell within you? To make it easier to live with him. And so if something is in your pocket, is it easy to use or not? It's very easy, right? Because it's in my pocket. There's nothing in my pocket right now. But, but let's say it's inside of me. Do I even need to reach in to take it out? No, it just needs to circulate in me. And so it's even easier. Whenever needed, just speak with him. And sometimes you don't even need to speak. Just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Just look to the Holy Spirit. And why let him stay still? This is the difficulty I see. And so this Ephesian church lived fully reliant upon the Holy Spirit. And Yorbank Church, we are the same. Our time began the same way like this. Everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so let's look at this church that is moved by the Holy Spirit. And so from this perspective, this Ephesian church was united with the Holy Spirit. The church that is led by the Holy Spirit. The church that is begun by the Holy Spirit and the church that is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, united to the Holy Spirit. And so if you look at Ephesians 4.3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Here, right, the unity, the word unity. And as we said last week, we're talking about this dynamic movement of the Trinity. That when I'm in the Holy Spirit, I'm in God. 
And as the Holy Spirit's inside of me, He allows me to be united to this triune God. So when you live with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, automatically you are united to the Trinity. And so why does this thing, the church, have such power? It's because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. And that means that our head becomes automatically Jesus Christ. And He is the creator of the universe and the ruler of this day and age. And so when we are, allow Him to dwell within us, we are automatically connected to Him as He is our head. So why does power not manifest? It's because you are separated from the head. That's why prayer is so difficult. Ministry is so difficult. But when you are united to Him, all the authority given to the church manifests unlimitedly. And you have all seen this and have experienced it. And so if you live by your wisdom, by your own thoughts, that is the greatest of all foolishness. Because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And so why leave this head to the side and use your head? And so this dynamic church in the unity with the Holy Spirit. And so when Paul calls the church the body, this is amazing revelation. Because we are the body, we do not need to think. That he who is the head, when he speaks, we just move according to his words. All we have to do is be united to him. God has made everything to be easy for our children. He has not made this Christian life to be difficult. All we have to be is attached to him. And just look to him. And just believe. And so faith is not based on works. If you don't have money, it's not that you have to work to make money. No, just receive him who is rich beyond measure in faith. It's because you leave this to the side and try to earn your own money. That's why it's so difficult. And now in your church, it's now time for you to understand this focus, this principle of how the kingdom of heaven moves. Don't think of this as something that's difficult to grasp. When we say you do not work, this should not be difficult for you to grasp. When I say that, do not think, this should not be difficult. Amen? If this is still difficult, it's because you have not received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Third, the church that knows the character of the Holy Spirit. So look at chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so as I spoke of the works of the Holy Spirit, I told you why these charismatic movements fall. What was the focus? What was the principle? It's because they forget that the Holy Spirit is a personality. And so though they receive the union of the Holy Spirit and His power... But at the same time, we should never lose sight that he is a personality. And so he, as it says here, he can, you can grieve him because he has a character. He has a personality. And so when we are polluted, he is grieved. 
When we are in pain, he is in pain. When we are, when we are made dirty, he gets enraged and he, gets, and he groans. And so if you're continuing maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then not only are you, is there no limitation to power, but at the same time, you will not forget for a moment that he is a character. This is the balance. And so the problem with charismatic movements is that they forget, they ignore that he is a character. And when you ignore this personality, what happens? They lose holiness. To those who recognize his character, automatically, instinctually, they grow in holiness. And so what does power have to do with holiness? It's through purity that his power is more unlimitedly manifested. And so this Ephesian church had this great balance. There was no limitation to power. But at the same time, they knew clearly that he is a personality. And so we need to be more sensitive to this aspect. And when I say put yourself to death, deny yourself, it's because he hates what's going on. Because our fleshliness goes against him, rebels against him. It limits him. And going beyond that, it blasphemes his name. And it can... um, Look down on him. And he has given you this Holy Spirit. But you only look for him for ministry. And you don't know what he is pleased with. What uh, what he enjoys. And so this Ephesian church had this great balance. That he is a character. That he he considers us us precious. He, He respects our character. And so ever since Jesus Christ has come, all the charismatic movements have never persisted. Why? Because they did not even mention his character nor recognized it. And so that's why I say if you practice charismatics, you will fall. But that's not the accurate saying. It's because you do not recognize his character that charismatics fall. Though we do not practice charismatics, have we ever limited those charismatic gifts? Has Yerbang Church ever been ruined because of that? Now maybe because many people have left, there were many chances for this church to be ruined. But we did not ignore that he is a character. And so we instinctually give our all to holiness. That when he stops, we know how to stop. This is very important. You need to understand how blessed you are to hear these words. Have you ever heard these words? These kinds of phrases, anyway. I'm sure you've probably never even heard that the Holy Spirit is a character, that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so, am I trying to boast? No. I'm saying how, I'm trying to get you to recognize God's love for his church. And so going beyond this. And so this church was established as a church that maintains the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so look at chapter 5 verse 18. 
It says, and do not get drunk with wine. They're not saying this because there's so many drunkards in, in, in Ephesus. No, they're saying this because the image of the being drunk on wine and being drunk on the Spirit is similar. But whether it's the wine or the world, we should not be drunk on it. Right? And, but in Acts, when, how does it describe fullness of the Holy Spirit? Being drunk on new wine. And so let us not be drunk on the world. Do not, do not drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. And so this is written in the present tense. Meaning we continually receive that fullness. And this is the key that we need to see. That when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be no problems in our Christian life. If we maintain that fullness, we can always be victorious. If we maintain that fullness, amazing wonders will happen. Think about it. We are dependent on God, right? But, uh, 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 but this, this living this way may not be a sweet life. Okay, simple life. It's not a simple life, right? Okay, it's not a simple with nothing to do in this life. It's not a life that is aimless, that has nothing to do. And so when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He treats me at His level. And that's how He pours out His Spirit upon us. And so amazing things happen. We will be inspired. And so if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, your Christian life gets boring. It gets hardened. It just becomes, in other words, a religion. And so the only way to avoid religious living is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you maintain that fullness, you, you will receive so much revelation in His Word. And you are listening to my sermons. Even though it's the same text, I never say the same things. Constantly new things are being revealed. And so when I look at the internet, our, our records, there are so many sermons up there. And there's constantly new sermons being updated. Is that, does that come from my head? No. No, even some of those expressions are so awesome. Amen. But this is all revelation of the Holy Spirit. And there's still some of you who have yet to get married. 
And the reason why you are not married is because you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Try being filled with the Holy Spirit. Even if you don't try to seduce the woman, she's just going to come to you. Now, of course, there are some who can get married even though they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be no problem. Even Chongje went, then you should go. And so where does this fullness of the Holy Spirit manifest? In their prayer. The church that prays in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So look at chapter 6 verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit. In the Spirit. And so we've been doing this 24 hour, 365 day prayer for 15 years. How is that possible with such few numbers? Is it out of your strength? Is it out of your strength? Does that make it possible? No, it's because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been leading you. Whether it snows or rains. Okay, whether you are celebrating an 80th birthday for your, for your mother-in-law. Whatever it may be, 24 hours, this prayer is continually going up. Why? Because the church is filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so all of these things is the system that the Holy Spirit leads the church by. And so in that system led by the Holy Spirit, he leads the church. As it says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Within that system of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, uh, he fills and nourishes the church. And so above all else, this is the positions of those spirits. The spir that God gives these positions of these spirits to lead the church. And so in this system, we have been continually growing. And so the church that cannot be separated from the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit has been doing in you for the past 25 years. Now, of course, we had our limitations. We had our shortcomings. But the Holy Spirit has continually led you thus far. And continually will lead you. And so as that prophet said in Honduras, that God will pour out a new spirit of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. And so it will be powerful. Even to me, my powerful prophetic uh, apostolic spirit is getting more stronger. The word is getting more stronger. My ministry is getting stronger. Amen. It's the same applies to you. And so let us have great expectations for this work of the Holy Spirit. And so Yorbang Church began together, united with the Holy Spirit. And even continually, the Holy Spirit will do even greater things. And, the, and God will allow you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you need to be aggrieved. You need to feel it. 
difficult. That's the season that is open upon us. Okay, let's say that you had an argument with your spouse and your husband stopped talking to you. Let's say Changyu got upset and we want to speak with you for a month. I'll get, I'll get mad. I'll get enraged. And so, and so even between people, they get enraged. They get pissed off, right? And so when you are not filled with the Holy Spirit in other regards, that means that you are not speaking to the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it means you're constantly speaking with the Holy Spirit. And so let us be characterized by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so be characterized by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Try being filled with the Holy Spirit. See how fun your life will be. How amazing where nothing will be a problem. God has made our lives to be easy as thus. And so every problem comes, stems from the lack of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There will be no problems. Amen? And so now in this season, Yorbank Church will be even easier to enter into the Holy Spirit. And so do you know why you fight, have spousal arguments? It's because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Even if it try being filled, you will not fight. You will not fight. You will not fight. <laughs> and so let's go back to Acts now. And so the second thing that we should see is that they were a church filled with the word of God. And so when it's, they're filled with the word of God, they're not just filled with the word. But as we saw earlier, that, that because they received the word in faith, they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so if you're filled with the word, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with Jesus Christ. It cannot be separate. Very important. And so being filled with the word means you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul never attempts to separate the word and the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 to 10. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. And so wherever Paul went, he began his ministry in the synagogue. There are many reasons for this. Probably because synagogue was one of the most easiest places to proclaim the word of God. And also he had this desire for his own people, his own nation. And up until AD 60, the church of God was not separate between Jews and Gentiles. They went together. And so even the believing Jews continued to uh, partake in the synagogue. And so he begins his ministry in the synagogue. And so for three months, spoken 
spoke boldly. And so three months is not a short time. And so Paul spends about six years. But in Ephesus, he spends two years. And so uh, in that two years, three months of that was spent in the synagogue. And what did he speak boldly of? About the kingdom of God. And so when he proclaims the kingdom of God, what does that mean? That from the perspective of ministry, that everything that Jesus ministered, he did as well. Speaking of the kingdom of heaven, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, healing, delivering from demons, and establishing disciples. As well as I do. Paul did the same ministry. Wherever I go in the world, I teach, I, I proclaim, I establish disciples, and I heal. And so this is the principle behind kerygma. And so he reasoned and persuaded about the kingdom of God. And so this is not a good, uh, good perspective, actually. It's not saying that he gave a lecture. But when, it's, when you... The original words for reasoning and persuading is debating, right? They debated. Right? They're discussing and debating. Right? Because this is what Jews love to do is they love to debate. And so this isn't good from that perspective. But why could he not help but do this? We see in verse 9. Because some being stubborn and continued in unbelief. And so these Jews, they are influenced in religion, right? And so if you are influenced by the spirit of religion, you like to argue. Because you have so many of your own thoughts. And so that's why Paul is debating with them. And then later it says persuading them because there are some who are accepting that word. But either way, for three uh, months in the synagogue, he was uh, reasoning and persuading them. And so when he speaks of the kingdom of heaven, what is the focus? That the Lord is coming. And that this is the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament. And that what did he do for this kingdom of heaven to come? He died on the cross. And so he's speaking of the kerygma, the embodiment of Jesus Christ through the word. And so now through that he established his church. And that he spoke of his return, his imminent return. This is the focus of the kingdom of God. And this is what he's been speaking of through these three months. And during those three months, there were a few who received, but there were many who were stubborn and continued unbelief. And so he took the disciples with him that, were, that received and went to the hall of Tyrannus. And continued on for two years. And so during those two years, all the Jews and Greeks of Asia have heard the word of the Lord. This word here means comes together with obey, obedience, that they heard and obeyed. In two years, this happens. And so this doesn't just come through proclamation, but the word goes with the Holy Spirit. 
And so he, this is described in verse 20 like this. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. And, and so prevail mightily regards dominion, power, authority. Right? This is the essence of the church. As it says in chapter 1 verse 20. That he put all things under his feet. This is being proclaimed here, right? That when the word of God is proclaimed with his spirit, this power goes forth. And so you know very well that the words that are proclaimed from Yorbang Church never falls to the floor. This is the power, the mighty and might, might of the word of God. And what else does it say? It says to increase. Right? To increase means to grow. And so the word that was proclaimed in that small building 25 years ago, now those words have uh, gone out throughout the entire world. It has gone to all the continents of the world. And so God's ex- uh, word expands his kingdom. This is the character of God's word. And then it, said, and then it uh, c- continued. And so when you look at verse 16, uh, chapter 18, verse 16, uh, no, chapter 19, verse 16. Right? It's the same words here as it says, mastered all of them and overpowered them. And so, because the word of God is proclaimed, it overpowers the enemy. And it uh, transforms those who rebel. And so when you have this power and word, authority of the word, this is how you will live. You will have... You'll have might increase and it will prevail. You will be victorious. And so we can say that the word wins, that the Holy Spirit has prevails, or that God prevails. It's all the same. And this power is upon you. And so you know that this is the word that is you are listening to. So let us avail this power. Because the church in Ephesus was filled with the word, filled with the spirit. That the kingdom of heaven cannot be separated. It's not just the word alone. Not the power alone. Word, the Holy Spirit, the manifestation all together. And lastly, we talk about signs and wonders and spiritual warfare. Verses 11 to 19. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even the handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them. Right? This is my specialty. Right? My specialty these days. Right? When I throw a piece of my clothing, is it because, am I, is it because of my excellence? No, it's the anointing. Long time ago, there was this demon-possessed person who was living in, in, in the laundromat in, by Moa apartment. And I gave my clothes there. And all she did was touch, touch the clothes. And so she couldn't touch the clothes. And I asked her why. Because the demon inside of her knew. And so if there's some of you who cannot touch my clothes, then there's something wrong with you. 
Really? And so this doesn't just happen to Paul, but to all of us. Amen? And so when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it means you are immersed in the anointing. That power radiates from you. That, the, that power, glory radiates from you. That when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so all the doctors, as you treat your patients, there's going to be some of them who are possessed by demons. Right? Many of those patients are possessed by demons. Many of you are touching them without recognizing it. But if you doctors are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the moment that they come before your presence, they fall and, and they get delivered from those demons. Right? One time, uh, Dr. Jong called me and he said that a strange patient came before him. Uh, that he that he 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 lost uh, um, there it was dislocated his shoulder, but it would constantly be dislocated for no reason, and it wouldn't get back together. They they couldn't put it back into place. This is demon possession. What else could it be? And so he had a difficult time. What happened? Okay, so he asked me to minister, and I ministered. And so see, he even comes to me with these kinds of requests. Okay, you should do it on your own now. Okay, just kick, kick out all the demons that are gathered in that hospital. You know, that the head, of the head of that hospital, he might be possessed by demons too. Cast it out. Right? I didn't know that there was this kind of disease before. Okay, so all you have to do is be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this must be manifest in you. And so young adults who are going to Panama, this, there's going to be many demons there. And if you can't cast them out, I'm going to command them all to go into you. That if you can't cast them out, at the very least you should absorb them to heal them, right? So cast them out. If she comes drooling on the floor, don't, don't get upset at me. If she comes to you and, and in a weird way, don't get mad at me. Don't worry, I'm here, right? I'm here. And so this is what happened. And where does this authority come from? It's the authority of the church. As it says clearly. That the church has the authority to reign and have dominion over everything from Lucifer on down. That we have the authority to rule over all creation. And so believe in the amazing wonder of the church. Believe in this amazing wonder that reigns over all creation. And avail that authority. And so verse 13, something funny happens. Then, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. And so they are Jewish exorcists, right? Magicians. Right? There are many uh, records of these kinds of magicians throughout history. And so there are seven sons of Skeva. And this evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize. 
But who are you? And so even the devil knows exactly whether you can avail that name or not, as I always say. If you want to test how powerful that word, that name is dwelling in you, there is this, um, there is this well-known to me uh, shaman. And so go to Miari. Right, she's, she, he or she's there. It's there. She, and so go there, and if she says welcome, then that's a problem. Deacon Pan, would you like to try? The moment you show up, if she runs away, then oh, that means you got power. You got power. Want to try? Okay, I'll, I'll introduce you. And so this is very clear to the devil. And really, the, when I was first uh, assigned to that large church as a pastor, there was a little girl who was possessed by a demon. And the moment, the moment I began, this other pastor came to me and said, big trouble, big trouble. That this demon-possessed girl is going crazy. And so I showed up, and there were seven, seven pastors who couldn't hold her down. And so it, it was, there was trouble. And then all of a sudden, uh, this courageous and bold pastor came to her and started wringing her neck. And said, demon, die! Demon, die! Repent! <laughs> and then what did the demon say? You repent first! <laughs> and then the moment I showed up, he couldn't, she could not move. And so these days, Chinyong has been coming these days. But she really doesn't have any demons. She just has little problems. And so she brings offering every day. But while she was here, she one time ran away. And from the, uh, the city hall, they called us that we have this woman in custody. And these big guys, these big guys were on their knees before her. How many of them were they? About three or four. Three or four. Couldn't do anything in front of her. And then I showed up. And as she saw me, she fainted. <laughs> and so in that city hall, they were like, who is he? Who the heck is he? <laughs> and so it's so easy to con the people of the world. Right? This is all things that have happened before. So verse 16. And the men in whom was the evil spirit leapt on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they all fled out of that house naked and wounded. People who are demon-possessed, they're very strong. Try being possessed. You'll get strength. Remember, I told you about that seven-year-old. She's a little girl. And when she kicked a fifth or, or sixth grader, they would fly across the room. And so you need to understand the influence that the spiritual world has on us. And even now, we are not possessed by demons, right? 
But if you are, don't recognize these spiritual things, you will always be oppressed. But we have the glory of the name of Jesus in us, right? And so you heard this message last week. That when you ask in the name of Jesus, that I will execute it. That you, those who have that glory of his name, they have confidence. And so when we go to Panama, Pastor Park, or Deacon Park, you will go and cast out demons, right? Cast out demons, okay? So let's continue. Verse 17. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And this is one reason why signs and wonders of the word must be manifest. It's not to boast in ourselves to be famous. No, because the glory of God is revealed through his, man, through his works. And so because it's been so long since we've ministered, begun ministry, there's no one who is fully possessed by a demon in our church any longer. And also, demons have changed their strategy. Because two demons, from their perspective, they don't have any use of someone who cannot do anything, who are crazy on demons. So demons are always possessing you from outside, controlling you. And so in this Western world, their demon possession is all from the outside, controlling their actions. Now, if you go to Africa or Central America, there's still many demon-possessed people. But in this developed world, it's mostly demons from the outside controlling people. And this is actually more dangerous. And so, for this reason, his word, his signs and wonders must be manifest. Because this is the essence of the church. Because we have his power and majesty. And so because this happened, what happened? Verse 18. And so now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And so that means repentance came. And so this means it's not just simple casting out of demons, but spiritual warfare is going on. And during this time, the temple of Artemis had great influence over the city of Ephesus. And so we'll, talk, we'll see how people who, who, get lo- who suffer loss because of this bring riots in Ephesus. But if the church doesn't engage in spiritual warfare, look, these are believers, believers. What do they confess? They divulge in that they were practicing these magics. They had these books. And so they're receiving grace in church. But when they go back home, they are still under the dominion of the devil. And so even though they're attending church, they are not transformed. And so if you do not engage in spiritual warfare, there is much loss to suffer. But above all, the saints do not transform. Why? 
Because though they are blessed in the church, when they go out into the world, they are under the world's dominion. They are under the devil's dominion. And so the church must engage in this spiritual warfare. And because the church engages in this spiritual warfare, what happens? That a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. This is not a simple fact that has happened. These books, how much did they cost? 50,000 pieces of silver. One drachma was a day's wages. And so 50,000 pieces means 50,000 days worth of wages. So this is probably $500,000. And so they burnt all of those books. And it's because they have engaged, were victorious in spiritual warfare. And so if we didn't have to engage in spiritual warfare, prayer would be easy. And it's because of the spiritual warfare that we might feel difficulty in prayer. But when we are victorious in spiritual warfare, there is great fruit to be gained. And so through that spiritual warfare, we gain holiness and many ministries open up. All of these is because of the victory of spiritual warfare. And and so Ephesians 6.20, Paul concludes the book of 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And because He is the head of the church, the church is filled with His power and authority. And so the essence of the church is characterized by this power and authority. And so there are many of you who react allergically to these words of, of, of power and might. But no, in essence, the church has power and authority. And so everything that a children of God does is spiritual warfare. Whether it's in their businesses, whether it's in your workplaces, in your studies. The devil is not going to leave you alone to succeed in your endeavors. And so do not be pressed back. And going beyond that, you also have your familial flows. And so we need to be victorious over the familial curses. For the past 33 years, to my memory, there has never been a moment where the warfare has ceased. In everything that I do, I always engage in warfare. Even today. Why? Because of course, winning is the goal. But this, there's no end in sight. That, you know, when we begin today, we hope for an end, but there's no end in sight. There's many reasons for this. It might be God's will, or it might be the scale of that battle itself, or there might be times where I purposely don't end it. But as we engage in warfare, what authority do we receive? Is that my identity to the demons, the identity of this church, we're continually proclaiming it to the devil. Why? Because within the authority, they are, they are sly. But outside of that, they are not smart. And so we have to keep letting them know who we are. Letting them know our authority. And so we engage in warfare every day. Never for a moment do I allow them to not recognize who I am. And so that's why he says, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul. Paul. 
And if he says, who are you? Then that's the problem. Who? I go Okay, let's continue. And so verse 11. And so put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And so remember, the devil is strategic. Very. And so the devil will use any means available to ruin you. If you need money for you to be ruined, he'll give you money. And so let's say that you do not commit yourself to God, but you're enriched. Then I guarantee that that is a blessing not from God, but from the devil. That if God blesses you, then this is not what will be characterized. That holiness and devotion will come together. But without these things, and yet you are rich, then that is a blessing of devil. That is his strategic, his schemes. And, and remember, the devil's not just trying to kill you, but through you, your family, your church, and going beyond that, your nation, your peoples. That is the schemes of the devil. And so if you yourself cannot be victorious in your Christianity, you understand the influence it has over your family, over your church. And maybe you do not recognize this. And so do you know how severe the battle I fight for each and every single one of you is? Because I know that this has influence in the church. So one day my wife came to me and said, Oh, what should we do about our church members? She said this to me. Because I was praying, I'm praying for them and then I would get exhausted when I came to eat. And I said, what should we do about our church? Or she said to me, what should we do about our church members? And it's because you are unaware of this that you just loosen yourself in the world. Now, of course, because of the great calling of our church, you are not able to just have a simple Christian life. You can't just let life come by you. Because this, in other sense, is the blessing you have as the calling to Yorban Church. That's why I fight so intensely, so fervently for you. But the important thing is that do not lose sight of the schemes of the devil. The devil does not leave you alone. So that's why we need to continue to live with the Holy Spirit and continually be found in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so put on the whole armor of God. And this is the grace that God gives to those who live in the Holy Spirit. Right? The whole, the full armor of God. Right? It means that not only defensive but also offensive equipment. And so when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have this full equipment and you can avail it. And so the devil has no room to pierce through it. And so this armor of God is the weapon of God. And what does it point to? It points to you being united to God. That this power and authority is revealed in you. And so those who have this full armor of God, the devil cannot touch them. 
And when you have this full armor of God, what does that mean? Fundamentally, that you have the guarantee of his victory. That you stand in that guarantee that you will trample on serpents and scorpions. That those who have the guarantee of this promise of victory. And going beyond that, they have the guarantee of the promise that you will disarm the armaments of the devil. And so there are these businessmen here. No matter how much money they may earn. The devil, if the devil has authority to touch their money, that money is for nothing. It's in vain. And so we must be filled with the Holy Spirit, united to God, and have the authority to move over material, over finances. Now, of course, because the church has authority, the church prays for it. But even in your places, in your respective places, you need to avail that authority. And so there's no way in Yorban Church to be rich apart from God. It cannot happen. That this is something that God must do. God must move that power and that authority. And so we need to be united to God then. And that's how important this is to put on the whole armor of God. To have these full promises of God. And so when you are, full, when you are fully equipped, you will disarm the devil. And so when you say, devil come, he comes. In, in this authority, you can tell the devil to come and go. Of course, we have no reason to call the dirty things. That's why we don't call them. But you have that authority. And so you need to understand how great this authority is. You are the church. That this is the authority of the creator God. The, uh, the God of all gods. And so there are times where we lose in spiritual battle. There are times where we are afflicted. And yet, the devil is never anything. Do not be afraid of him. Because we are always trampling, putting our foot on his neck. And so put on the whole armor of God. And lastly, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And so as children of God, your opponent is not what you can see with your eyes. Oh, if this person does not like you, this person is not your enemy. It's the spirit behind her. If you lack money, it's not, you're not facing money. You got to see the reason for that behind that money. This is where wisdom is. This is authority. This is impossible to the people of the world. But God has given you the ability to touch and affect all of these things. You are experts in the spiritual. There are many of you who are experts in eating meat yesterday. Right? Finishing 180 kilograms of meat. Right? One cow was eaten up yesterday. Not just one cow, but also two pigs. Yesterday's meat was all eaten up by Jeongjie. Ah, Jeongjie. Jeongjie is what? Ah, ah, She ate all of it. She brought a plate and filled it up to the top and three times. And. <laughs> 
And she said to me, I got to give birth to the third, to the fourth. Tokyo. And so, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. So rulers is speaking of the Antichrist and Lucifer, right? As we saw in chapter 1, verse 21. But now also uh, uh, the spiritual forces of evil. And so these are the spirits that um, serve Lucifer. And so, of course, these Lucifers who are the cosmic powers of the air, but also the spiritual forces of evil in the earth. And then evil forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is talking about the principalities of the air. And so, it doesn't matter what kind of demon they may be. It doesn't matter what level, what authority they have. the church can break apart, break down and tear down and make crumble all of their authority. Why? Oh no, this is... Why do we lose sight of this? Because we lack this knowledge and we lose sight of it. So Lucifer, Antichrist, all of the spirits on the ground that they control and the principalities of the air doesn't matter what kind that we can break them all down. That the na- glory of his name defeats all of them. Breaks down all of their authority. Kyuk, when you go to China, can you do it or not? Here ends the word of the Lord. I told you it was going to end soon today. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. You are our everything. That Lord, you are our everything. We praise you for being with us for these past 25 years. And Lord, as you have spoken, now the glory begins. Let us see with our eyes that wherever we may go, that your glory would shake the ground, that the devil would tremble in fear, that this season is upon us. Devil, you do your business. Amen. You have nothing to do with me. Hallelujah. Lord, I impart this great glory upon this community. That wherever this name is proclaimed, that Lord, may you execute your will. May you execute it, Lord. Upon this church that has been purchased by your blood, execute your will.
Lord, we thank you. Already, we believe in the victory in Panama. We will see new works. And this community claims this amazing victory. Upon every member, may they take the spoils of war. Take it. In faith, receive. Hallelujah. Bless this offering, Lord. May it be pleasing to you. And Lord, bless this offering offered for Panama. And may it shake the grounds. That during this time of famine, may we be hands that may give and give and give more. That we would send out into the nations. And Lord, in this community, may a world-beating business rise up. And in these end times, may many great men rise up. And Lord, in this time, may construction begin. You have promised us great sums of money. Now may we cash it in. And may a building be built that can gather the remnant all over the world. For the next three weeks where your servant will no longer be here, Lord, keep your church and work powerfully upon all the associate pastors. May they preach your word. That while the father is not there, that the family would grow. That the church would grow. That there would be more powerful intercession. And now by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit. To the saints who have persevered for the past 25 years upon their family, their business, their inheritance, their vision, upon this nation and these people, upon the beloved missionaries all over the world, and Yarbang Church and Zoe Ministry, may this blessing rest now and forevermore.